I can't never stop working hard. Each day I feel I have to improve. Hard work, determination. I've got to keep pushing myself. Hello and welcome to Hiya! The only podcast that not only talks about Fight Club, we sing about it in Barbershop Three Part Harmony! One, two, three. Fight Club! Fight Club! With a kooky, crazy Fight Club! Boom, boom, boom. Alright, jeez, that's enough of that shit. Episode 11 recorded July. Yep. It's the 15th. 15th. Thank you. That I knew we had you on the show for a reason. Yeah. You can tell we do Starts have a third now. People. Yeah. Okay. So we're starting. Uh, as you can hear, we have a familiar yet not always present voice in the room. Big Al. And hey, uh, Big Al's on. Yeah, he's in the house. So uh, go ahead and start your calls. Oh, that's right. You'll hear this later. There won't be any calls coming in now. But just wait. This soon will be live. <laughs> what the hell? My phone's ringing. Okay, well, you were supposed to take care of that. Uh, yeah, so we got Big L back in the house, and we're gonna we're gonna chit chat on several different subjects with him here in just a just a moment. Uh, we also have Craig Keesling behind the mics as usual. Hiya, and we have me, Dave Jones. I don't think I mentioned my name in the last like six podcasts, so give that a shot. Yeah, Dave Jones feels good. Nice. Feels good. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Can I say it? You got a middle name? No. Dave? No. Yeah, I do, but that's uh, if right. I told you. Oh, I'd have to oh kill that's you. right. You'd have to kill me. Yeah? Yep. Yep. You're Starts going down. Starts with G. Okay. Starts with G. Yeah. Gonna ho- go ahead and. Starts with G, up. ends with a period. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I'm not one of those people. I like my middle name. I just, uh, you know, for now, that's my secret identity. Oh, because oh, if all you have, ego? If all you have is Dave Jones to go on, huh. you can't find me because I'm a needle in a haystack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if you call Dave Goober Jones, <laughs> that's well, right. He you right down. Yep, yep. So, uh, yeah, Goober, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so we're going to get wound up here and have a little discussion topic on uh, template, the template of a style. What does that mean? Why do you need it? How can you get it? And why is there 10 instead of 9? Tim. Oh, m- m- oh I got to change place. my thought process on this. <laughs> yeah, then. you do. Oh, <laughs> Throw all those notes out. Wad yep. them up. <laughs> and uh, we're going to try a little taste of a new segment that uh, if it's going to work, it's going to need a lot of listener participation. So we're looking for that from you. And uh, you'll see what we're talking about in a bit, though. It's called Swap and Paint. And uh, we give Big Al full credit for that terminology. He introduced <laughs> right. it to the group, I think. <laughs> And uh, we're also going to have some news and a media mop-up coming right your way in a second. So why don't you enjoy some soothing introductory tunes, and we'll be right back with our discussion topic, now that you know who all's involved. Holy calamity, scream insanity, are you ever going to be another great fan of me? Okay, folks, we're back. Try to ignore the creaky sounds my chair is making because you're stuck with it for this episode. <laughs> and uh, I kind of di- like it. Our discussion topic today, 
And, you know, we've been hanging around a little bit already, and I think we burned through three or four discussion topics before we ever got behind the mics. But one thing we were chatting about a little bit that we thought we might get some mileage out of here is the idea of a template in a system. Here, here. Yeah. There, there. And everywhere. So when we say template, what, what do we mean? I'll, I'll go first. All right. Since I'm getting those fish-eyed stares. Thanks. Um, we're talking about, uh, when you say a template, you're talking about the core things that a style teaches you. How to move your body, what its utility is. But really, we're talking about, you know, you can have forms all day, but of course, they don't pattern directly to real-life confrontations. What will pattern directly to that is the template the art gives you. The way of moving your body, the way of thinking, strategizing, et cetera, et cetera. That so, could involve things like in our system we call them uh, seed moves or seed form not forms but seed techniques could be but also strategy and theory and application all that good shit all rolled up into one. Yeah, that I template. mean if, if we look at the template or if you look at our forms as the fossil record, it, it does give us that connection to the past of so the old timers that were before us. So. It's just one of those things that allows us to be able to, it gives us something that's easier to pass on mm-hmm. with com- combining with the structure and everything else. Like you said, we have to have structure, we have to have form, we have to do things in certain ways that make it our art. Right. And, that, and in doing that, like I said, the template is that way that somebody can, so when they don't have anybody else to practice with, they can practice on their own and start breaking this down in pieces and parts. Right, so that gets to the other definition I like to use for template, which is toolbox. Every system should teach you a set of skills, mm-hmm. right? And exactly how you get them almost doesn't matter as much as whether you've got them or not. <laughs> but that's, for instance, you see with people, you know, no, no student looks or knows everything that their teacher did or looks like them when they do it exactly. Right, if they that's, do, they're doing it wrong. Right. Well, probably. <laughs> the goal is to get a set of of useful tools in your body that you can continue to work and build with as you go forward in time, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you have to have, and I call them the hinges as part of the same thing, too. It's if, you, if you don't have it in your body, it's so much harder to be able to figure this stuff out. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and repetition is that thing that makes it happen, both in class and on your own. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, and now that I'm getting a few students that have been for two, maybe three years have been, you know, uh, they're actually gaining enough proficiency that you see that little bit of skill level really start to pop and how they can transition from one template or form within the system or structure uh, a lot easier now. To another and one, where, illogically. Where, again, right. you know, it's, it, you know, the whole thing when I was doing uh, Tung Soo Do is, you know, the, the worst person on the planet is the guy that just got his green belt. <laughs> right. Because he thought he knew something, and he was hurt you because he didn't know anything. Right. Mm-hmm. But, he he thought know, he, con- but he thought he knew something. He didn't know control. No, that's <laughs> yeah. it. He had, didn't understand control at all. Well, one thing I find interesting, too, about this whole bit is, you know, um, Way back in the day, a lot of times with with food, regardless of styles and stuff, you had people that wanted to be kind of secretive and they didn't like people taking pictures of them or videotaping them and stuff like that. One of the cool things with templates is today you've got YouTube and Vimeo and all that kind of crap. And it's it's really can be pearls before swine. You can have, you know, your most advanced form 
being shown, uh, you know, on YouTube. And yes, yeah, somebody doesn't have to pay to take a seminar or class. They can learn it from watching YouTube or whatever, but they don't have the template. They don't have the real jewels. You right. have to really go through the system and the training to get the principles, the structures, the swap and paint, the, all kinds of different stuff that's yeah. involved in learning what that shit's used for. Yeah, and um, when you're talking about that, you know, they don't have the, the, the template. Well, it's, it's, part of it is they never mastered the basics. Mm. Right. So you'll, you'll find that most of your template is incorporated into the basic stuff. Right. And you'll yeah. see that in the form, but it's not isolated and really trained and, and mastered, so to speak. Yeah, and like Poon, my Tai Chi teacher, would say, he goes, he shell, he, he, you know, or, or he no yoke. He just shell. <laughs> he just shell. <laughs> right. No right. yoke. Just shell or, or, or white. He mm-hmm. goes, but he just shell. He, he no have yoke. Right. I haven't figured that out yet, but. <laughs> I keep working on but I love eggs. So. Well, you're cracked. I mean, come on. There you go. Yeah, hey, what there. can you say? So, you know, one of the pit- pitfalls with acquiring template with getting that yolk mm-hmm. is some people come into this stuff way too heady. Oh, yeah. They want to theorize about, I don't you know. Everything. With Chinese martial mm-hmm. arts, it's chi. With Japanese, it's ki. With whatever, it's whatever. Or it could be the five elements, the, the yeah. bagua, whatever. Or, yeah, or, or you the know, four elements I, if you're doing pancreation or whatever, right. you know. When I'm doing that, I feel different energy. Mm-hmm. Oh, great, great, thank you. Yeah, I want to pull out a scientific textbook and show them the definition of energy. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's... So how how do you help somebody when you're trying to impart the template, the toolbox? Because that's all any teacher should really be trying to do here is like, you know, I don't want you to be a carbon copy of me. You like what I can do or you're interested in it. So I'm going to show you the tools that allow me to do that. And then you take those tools, you go build your own house. Right? Yeah, but some people, you also have the flip side. Uh, some people, like I was saying earlier before we were recording, um, just take this physical template and don't have the the proper headiness there is that headiness that's that's there but there needs to be a a fine balance you don't need it all at the get-go because you get too caught up in that and you're missing you know the physical the hands and the feet the body and all that and that's more important and then once you get a good grasp on that the heady stuff brings the creative creativity the art to the martial where you say oh wow this move that i thought was just a block and punch if i look at it this way apply this kind of you know, power to it. I can see now it's a throw, you know? Yeah. And like Poon said, his favorite expression was no read in book, no see in park. Right. <laughs> right. And, and what, and all he meant was, is that if you're, and you he would say, it. if your teacher don't tell you, do you know? Mm-hmm. And it's a very important part because we have our three external harmonies in Shingi and in Bhagwan and in Tai Chi. And that's just our hands on our feet, our elbows and our knees and our hips and our shoulders. So when we are teaching these templates, if we're not teaching these aspects of our art, it's technically not Ching Yi. Mm-hmm. It's technically not Bagua. Or, or it's technically not Tai Chi or any other art. Oddly right. enough, we incorporate that in Northern Shaolin, too. The Liu Ha is, is even a, a sub-style in Northern right. Shaolin. Yeah. Well, I, I have a student that's been taking private classes with me for a while, and he, he misses out on getting to bang around with other students. You right. know, he's only got me to beat up on. That's why I charge him extra. 
<laughs> How much you charging? I wouldn't mind just beating up. That's me. not for the radio. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, yeah, I'll, I'll pay. Give you hundred bucks to kick your ass. Hundred bucks? Yeah, you, you pay all right. Then. I will take that. That's right. You, you, I'll take an ass whipping for a hundred bucks. Hell's yeah. Um, hey, it's a tough economy right now. <laughs> yeah. But I recently had a little breakthrough with him because he was struggling with the forms. He didn't feel like he really knew what he was doing. He's like, oh, you do it. I just, you know. And I, I, I watched it. I just stopped and stood back and watched him do some stuff. And I'm like, you're not giving yourself credit. Like, you're making a mistake here. What, what is this mistake? Uh, and I'm like, you know, put your elbow up, then push down and back with a tiger mouth. <laughs> oh, okay. And I'm like, I already taught you that. It's in the fundamentals. You need to just key back into these fundamentals that you worked on for so long and apply them to these more advanced forms that you're learning now because you already know the answer. You can correct yourself yeah. already. You've yeah. already got at least half of the tool, but you've got two-thirds of the toolbox. The rest is more or less icing. Mm -hmm. You've already got that stuff to work with, and after hammering that into him for an hour and a half, he finally got it, and he looks so much better. Exactly. Yeah. How many times did Alan Pittman tell us that it's already in your body? You just got to break it out again. Right. You know, right. he was always under the, his, his thesis was that it's already the, the tech, then the information's in your body and you just need to bring it back out. But in moving in certain ways that we move that, you know, there's, it's different. Yeah. You know, we have to go, oh, and sometimes being a big man, it's easy for me to want to come in and say, we need to shoulder and elbow and step in close. And then having smaller students go, well, that's not so comfortable. <laughs> right. But if you get the structure correct and you mm -hmm. do everything correct, if you build the power behind it, then it gives you a choice to whether you want to use it or there not. There you go. And what you want to use it for. Right. And it's just the whole thing. And, and again, Alan Pittman was sitting there talking about where, whether it comes down to a small frame is to actually use it. But you have to train. Train? You have to <laughs> train. I think you ought to. You have to train. All the uh, complete range, the full mm -hmm. range of motions. Right. So you can't, but if you just make it small, well, that's all you have is small. So if you train the full range of, I'm going to get that right. Again, <laughs> okay. Train but, it. And, and look, and if you want to like write in word. about that, go right ahead, please. I kind of <laughs> like it. It's got train, range, and change, man. Yeah, all, all it was, and, and I, I've only had two beers. The so, syllables I mean, I are all there. We just got to get them in the right order. That's basically what this boils well, down know, to. <laughs> yeah, so I'm having a senior moment, but it's okay. <clears throat> but again, that whole range of motion, and like sometimes you get, you get new people that come in from other systems, and they just don't want to give that up. So I keep telling everybody, I'm not trying to change what you already know, but I need you to a, at least adapt. Oh, yeah. Of what we're doing. If you want to stay in this class, you got to learn what we're doing in this class. Right. Then you need to figure out how you put it with everything else you already know. Well, I right. think both of you guys touched on two important aspects about what we're talking about here with the template. Um, one, Dave, you, what you were mentioning about uh, you already know this, already taught you this, brings out the aspect of, the basics, you know, like in, in your Gao Ba Gua, you know, it's a, it's a very um, intelligently structured system. And you got that one, you know, bottom layer that is nothing but the basics, the 24, I think it is. And just like with, with Northern Shaolin, and then in Xing Yi, you've got <clears throat> all these different things, but you'll find splitting or Santi as kind of the mother. You'll find that over and over and over not just application, but structure and the harmonies and all that. 
northern Shaolin, you find these basic seed movements that happen all the time. And what I seem to find, and I see in, in the other arts as well, is that all the fancy shit, all the advanced stuff, is merely, uh, you know, several of the basics, both principle, function, application, everything else, combined. Exactly. And if the, the student tries to jump to the end idea of, let me do this fancy kick, or let me do this fancy oh, rolling move. Oh, they want move, to so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Then They're it like, sucks. Oh, yeah. It sucks, and they can't it's do the hollow. application. Yeah. But once they think of it as a combination, they go back to the roots of the beginnings, then they get it, and the flower kind of opens up, so to speak. You know, and... Um, you were talking about that, that other aspect, which is adaptability and change of taking these core things that are very simple, both in movement and in principle, mastering those, but then saying, you know, expanding your mind and your practice and saying, go through the different ranges, you know, go through maybe going fast, maybe going slow, heavy, light, uh, long, deep versus, you know, short range and, and, and that kind of thing just makes you even more mastered and over gets, that fundamental. it gets you over the next plateau. Mm-hmm. So when you, you build up, you finally figure out stuff. And and, there, and I've been doing Xing now for 18 years. That's the problem. Okay. Yeah, and so I still have another <laughs> 20 to go before I am actually uh, you uh, know, know what the decent, hell I'm doing. Right? But, yeah, and since but, you got the big 6-0 coming up, I don't know if you got 20 to go. Well, oh, you know, Jesus, I, what was that? That's right. I, I'm in the bonus <laughs> round, and so, you know. Yeah. But the, the, the part of all this is, it's just, is that I learn something new every time I practice and every time I teach a class. Mm. Let me commiserate with you on that. I think you should. Uh, and I use this trying to teach students that are getting better, too. Once you ground these fundamentals into them and they start to show evidence of having that template, that toolbox at their availability, they just really don't know how to use them yet. Right. Doing something as simple uh, as a single change. You know, uh, I tell them, I want you to follow the template every time you do this. But I also want you to remember that everyone is a snowflake. Your head, your body... Some little something is going to be different every time ah. you do that. So I want you to be aware of that and see how broad the template actually is without nice. breaking any of the rules. Exactly. The, the template is the rules, you know. And it, But you can no, not no, break that, those rules actually, and do a lot. You know, for you, that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> now folks you did this get, is called swapping paint my you friends did not get to see that look so i'm going to be buying the video yeah. for later because that was absolutely because he still tried to figure out what i meant by he that. was looking around for the snowflakes <laughs> falling yeah, from the ceiling and and again you know the whole aspect of it and gal bagua does have it with the way the eight houses are structured it's a great way to build the template and the skill set and the forms all at the same time. One builds mm-hmm. on top of the other. A gradated progression. Yeah. And it actually happens in the same way in Xing Yi, but it's not as apparent. Now, mm. the five fists in Xing Yi are obviously what builds the five animals and our eight hands and our tigers and everything else. And you can see it that the, the animals in our system, well, we technically have 13, but there's... Those animals that we go through are nothing but expressions of the five fists. And they and they simply build. If you don't have the five fists first and you go learn the animals, then you don't have crap. that form yeah. and structure. You are shell, no yoke. Right. You know, but well, we used to call you get that. But, but what I do, no I, but occasionally, 
I take new students and make them do some of the advanced animals just to get their body moving in a completely different way. Oh, yeah. Because Xing can be fairly boring. If you, if you actually do splitting, it lasts about a second. Yeah. Right. You know? And so each one of the five fists are so short that if you don't start stringing these together, get bored, and then kinda. occasionally throw something out there to make them do something more athletic. Now, again, and Dave and I have talked about this a lot, that, that one, the, one, the, the huge appeal was for Dave was that how Gal Bagua built on top of itself. Mm. And it was just added, once you got through one house, that prepared you to actually help learn the next thing. Right. Right. And technically, that's the way Alan taught the animal systems in Chingy, hmm. was that the first animals are supposed to be able to set the foundation from the five fish to teach you the more advanced animals as you come mm -hmm. along. But all the way through, really all you're doing is building new stuff with the template you acquired at the bottom. Yeah. If you spent the time at the bottom to acquire it and didn't get lost in fairy tales or, you know, not spend time practicing right. on your own. A lot of this falls back on the student. And before we move on, I just want to, we're being a little bit specific here. Let's, let's, let's examine a very ecumenical example of a template maneuver yeah. or something. Because we went very I, Chinese I, here. Right. But I, I, I can, word <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I can, uh, I can, uh, sorry, you confused me there. <laughs> Lexicalology. Yeah. Yeah, Lexicalology. Yeah. <laughs> I bet I can name a movement right now that you cannot find a martial art on the planet that doesn't contain it. Punch. We call it Biambu stepping. Yeah. What uh, it is is step. a lunge and a follow step. Right. A lunge and a follow step. It's just a very efficient way for a human being to put their full weight behind something to deliver power without overcommitting and taking that back so they can change or do something or reissue. That's where you take a deep step in and then the back leg, you know, steps forward a little bit, catches up. Right? Yeah, if you have no martial arts experience or, or can't make the connection to what we're talking about, any other martial artists out there, if you think about standing with one foot in front of the other, as if you were in front of a really narrow creek or a puddle that you wanted to step across. And without both feet leaving the ground at the same time, you shoot one foot over far enough that the back foot can hop over and be on the other side. Right. Nice example. That's it. It is. That was. And it kind of feels like that because you don't want to jump up in the air. You're just kind of pushing forward. And your body weight, right, is, is very much forward on that front leg. And then it kind of shifts back after the back leg. Right. Gets because if you continuously hold your weight back you're not going to be able to put the exactly. full amount of power on whatever you want to put it on but if you leave your weight if you leave your weight out in front then you're vulnerable to be taken down jerked off balance to miss and overreact big sign in the ground crud saying kick me yeah all kinds I, of I saw an mma fight the other night while i was at work you know from the <laughs> the patio of the bar across the way which is how i watch mma fights while i'm at work that's how we all do it <laughs> um and uh, this guy was doing okay in the fight, and I, I'm, I sorry, I'm sorry, I can't remember who was fighting. I was working at the same time, but the guy looked like he was doing really well, and then he th just threw this spinning back fist, guts and glory. Really? But he put all the weight out in his fist. Uh -huh. So the other guy ducks under it. Sweet. He falls down, falls oh. down on his own, what? back against the cage. The other guy runs up, knees him in the face, and the fight's over. And he had been winning or he challenging down that entire on his fight, own. Yeah. but he he overextended his that's, weight that's exactly. the best and all we the other to guy offer. had to do was get out of his way so this is a basic concept yeah. in every he, martial art he broke his structure but i catch students that have been around for that a long time that 
are doing something wrong in a forum. They're like, this doesn't feel right. This look, you know, I don't feel any power here. And I'm like, well, you're supposed to be doing a Biombo step. What, what are you doing? You're not doing that. You're either holding your weight back all the time or you're leaving it hanging out there. I taught you this the first day of class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Poon used to say, I show you, why not you do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, because I'm not that smart. Right. <laughs> and he said, No, well, but I know, I know. <laughs> okay, or, or giant he, man. Well, and his favorite expression, cup full. Yeah, yeah. yeah cup's quite full. Mm-hmm. That's why, like, in Northern Shaolin, we have that step, but it, you see it rare. I mean, it's only in a few places and forms throughout the entire system, but it's an important, quote unquote, day when you learn that stuff because it, Got a lot of good stuff. That's why I bring it forward into the system, make my students learn how to step that way early on, though. And the thing uh, is, all it, it actually, in my opinion, having done a fair amount of Shaolin, it shows up a lot in there, but with a specific Shaolin flavor, which is yeah. you often wind up in a cat stance. Exactly. As opposed into the foot on the ground, exactly like Santi and Xing right. It's the same principle, mm-hmm. though. It's move the weight forward, catch it back. Move it exactly. forward, catch it back. Yeah, and later in the animal systems within Ching Yi, and that deep lunge in Gal Bagua is all over the place. Mm. But when we look at this, particularly like in Swallow, when we actually, it's a deep forward lunge, and being a rear weighted art, everybody goes, Well, why are you in this big, huge, deep bow <laughs> right. stance? But when you, again, it's the action of a slinky. Right. That mm. when you pull the slinky forward in that bow stance, that the rest of it wants to come in and the rest of the power comes in. Right. And you'll see that really in our chicken, that way it becomes a, like a strike. In other words, we stretch the body out and the body comes together and then we strike. Stretch right. it out and strike it. I can see stretch that in one of the tigers too. That reminds me of that. that yeah, kind of that's thing. it. Yeah. So that's the whole thing is that you, you simply step. And that, and that was something we were working on specifically today hmm. on Swallow. I said, we're in this huge bow step. I mean, bow stance, but I want you to be able to, but once we're there, the rest of the body behind us has to catch up or we can't move. We can't move unless we don't follow step. Right. Mm -hmm. And then a basic training in class is I want you to, and I'll say, throw out your splitting so hard that you have to follow step. Mm -hmm. Do it with such energy and control that it forces you to follow. You've already put all this energy forward. If you don't, you you either right. there's no way to go and anywhere we're forward. Rear weighted fighting art, and right. that's the other side that I actually love about Shinny, the predecessor to Shingy, is that they're mostly front weighted, but they still open and close the body the exact right. same way. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a ton of variation in there, but you will find that principle. I guarantee it in every martial art. Oh, I believe you're right. And well, but to get to, back to, yeah. to to what makes it a very basic component is that. Everybody, we could talk for hours about the different ways that we use that one simple thing, but the student at the beginning is often going to think, oh, that's a basic. I want to do the next thing. That's too easy. But then you show them something to to get them back into it. Sometimes that can help. Like, for instance, I I pointed out to a couple of people recently that, uh, you know, stand across from them and say, okay, now watch my head. And I'll lean forward with my head as I try to hit them. And they see it coming every time and they block it. I say, okay, I'm going to do the same thing again. But I do it with a Biombu step where the foot goes out <laughs> while you're still rear-weighted. So right. your the head doesn't leading. move, yeah. right. but your hand and your foot are already at them. Yeah. And then when your head moves forward, you're guaranteed your contact. And they don't see that one coming. Exactly. They can't block that as easily. It doesn't exactly. telegraph so much. So all of this stuff you can wring out of one basic component. 
And I think to, to bring this back to a more generic point of view, even if you take a non-form art, you know, some sort of grappling art, they have the exact same thing. It might not ring as a solo form, you know, set of sets, but you have your basic maneuvers. You know, when you're talking about grappling, do they like to clinch? Do people like to get on the mount? Yes, you're going to talk about some very basic moves, your underhooks, your overhooks. These are things that are must-haves, necessary, you have to perfect in order to move more advanced through, you know, into more complicated techniques. Yeah, but the whole Swiss Army octopus of stuff that that grappler is going to throw on you when he gets you on the ground is all going to be based off of a mount or, you exactly. know, the, the uh, what do they call the the, the back? Uh, the the love them and rub them? <laughs> No, no, no. You've got. Uh, the, yeah, I can't, yeah. I'm got, spacing the name now, but yeah. you, you've got. You know, you got mount. You got side mount. You've got right. all these basic positions, and all the other fanciness grows off of that. And so, if your actual mount and is no good, those are the fundamentals. Mm -hmm. Those are the fundamentals. If you don't understand those things, then then doing all the other stuff doesn't matter. Right. And the biggest thing is, is how do we get students to quit overthinking this stuff? Yeah. You know, it always happens, and new students are the worst. And those who have, think they have a little bit of knowledge, they learned from somebody 10 years ago. Right. Okay? Not mentioning any names. Yeah. But well. That, so the whole point, again, is is that even the good students now are getting to it, and they go, am I overthinking this, Big Al? And I go, well, Are you thinking about it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're okay. overthinking it. Just relax, <laughs> just relax yeah, and do it. And do stop it. thinking about it. Just stop just move. So I think we can all agree at this point that the uh, the end result of that little sermon is, look, your martial arts are going to be built on the basics, find out what they are, and just do them. Do yeah. them. And, and again, and that ties it all together, but we talked about one movement that would be common between all martial arts. And look how in-depth we got just in a very short period of time about that one. We could go on for hours about that single movement. Exactly. Then and we start... will, but we're going to spread it out over several so, months or years. So, so, <laughs> so as you tie all that in together, you know, when you start thinking about it going, oh, I thought Xing Yi was a little simpler and all that. And it is a very simple art to learn. It's a very profound art to master. That's to, to the figure. key, yeah. So That's the thing you know? with those the, the styles like – because you have a much fewer uh, number of forms and stuff like that than, let's say, Norton Shaolin does. But you have the more difficult time as a student of taking something apparently simple but turning it into something, quote-unquote, magical. You've you know? got to get it in their body. Yeah. yeah. And I guess, you know, a larger system uh, like Northern Shaolin or some of the karate systems or it's something like that. It's a bitch. But it can be an advantage with a new student who wants to be too in their head. Because if you're always throwing something new exactly. at them, they, they don't ever have time to, to slow down well, and drill that I deep do. until they've already got some competence. A lot of times I go back and, and go, you know, all these like 10 different movements I just showed you, completely different, aren't they? They're all like, well, yeah, it's hard to remember. No, they're all based off of the same exact movement. Yep. Okay. Well, all right. The template. Well, we may touch back on that subject, but... Uh, I think that was fun. So we're going to take a little break here just uh, to stretch our legs and see what's doing in the Champagne Lounge. Yeah, and we'll be right back with uh, news and a new segment.
Coming to you live from the traffic helicopter high above the skies of Atlanta, it's IA Podcast News, News, News with Craig S. Keesling, your intrepid <laughs> reporter host. <laughs> Hello and hi folks. We've had uh, quite a bit of news in, in the time that uh, we've missed with uh, news reporting and uh, so a lot of backlog of news, but uh, we're going to take it slow and, and, and give you a, a stroll. A stro, yeah. I'll take a stro. Wait, what? I I don't know. I don't know. Stros, Stros beer. Yes, we were talking beer. All right, finally. That's was a callback for Big Al right there too. I'm sure. <laughs> Swing, <laughs> yellow can. All right. Devin Johnson, Devin Johnson, uh, paralyzed unfortunately in a training accident, and unfortunately a fairly common. Uh, situation that's starting to creep up in in mma uh lately um the situation is this shoot for a double leg or a single leg takedown the re, the guy who uh is responding goes for the guillotine and then we have Crack. something yes because i mean you've got uh the guy who's shooting forward this other guy who's applying pressure and stopping you, your momentum's going forward and down. And uh, and the ground eventually stops your momentum. So. Exactly. But uh, your head's kind of stopped moving. The rest of your body mass is not. And so you got a little neck issue going on here. So we've had uh, Devin Johnson, who's, you know, paralyzed. Uh, a couple of years ago, back in, in 2009, Zach Kurt uh, shot for a double leg. Uh, at the main event of an amateur show, got caught in a guillotine. Uh, when the fight hit the ground, you know, his fist CV basically shattered and uh, his muscles went limp forever, you know. Um, a year after that, 2010, Braulio Estima was temporarily paralyzed while shooting for a single leg. Uh, a little bit later, we had Frank, uh, Franco Lescano. Uh, basically doing the same thing, but in a training, uh, just training at the gym. Got caught in a guillotine, uh, ended up dying 21 days later. Uh, several other stories like this have happened, you know, and it's, it's, it's not like MMA is bad. If you do that, you're going to die. But this is one of those movements, personally, I think that ought to be uh, regulated a little bit more and coached and trained a little bit better so that people have a little bit uh, – better sense of when and how to apply this. Yeah, um, and it, it also it may boil down at some level to being an inherent risk of the sport. I mean, there are other plenty of other dangerous sports out there, and, you know, if you're playing college or pro football, your risk of injury that affects you the rest of your life is probably at least as high, if not oh, higher. It's, it's tremendously a lot than what, higher. Oh, yeah, yeah. Than what you're going to see in mixed martial arts. The people playing that. And the one thing that we like to do is we just like to say that our – that we are concerned for those people who have been injured and hopefully they're getting the, you know, the proper care that they need and support from their family. Absolutely. And also, um, I don't know if we buy that. We probably won't go too deep on this particular subject because next week we have a special interview, uh, somebody very knowledgeable in these areas who's going to come on and talk to us. I've learned my lesson over the first 10 or 11 episodes of this podcast. I don't say names until the interview's in the can. There you go. <laughs> so just to save embarrassment for us or if anything happens and we have to postpone. That's right. But uh, be looking forward to that because uh, as of now, everything appears to be a go. And I think this is going to be a really interesting conversation. 
Oh, yeah. Seems like a go For all you people thing. who think we've been spending way too much time on Kung Fu lately, this has absolutely nothing to do with it. <laughs> well, unless this you is, take well, it the literal sense. It does. And, hey, look, that, that thing doesn't just happen in MMA. You know, you, you can get in a... If you try to ta- If you try to tackle somebody, their first instinct is going to be to lock your head, to grab you around the head. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and if they get a good lock on it and you hit the ground, you could, you know, you don't want to hear that pop. Now, yeah, and I, I hate to get technical, but, you know, I think that's where little Greco-Roman training does you really well. Uh, when, you, when you're shooting and doing the drags where your knee drags across the floor and you're doing that over and over and over, that helps a lot because... Uh, a lot of these guys with MMA, you know, today will rush bull, rush charge, that kind of single double leg takedown. Greco-Roman, that's not the kind of energy that, that you go with for that. You're kind of uprooting uh, when you're doing your takedowns rather than going forward and down a lot of times. Um, and I, and yeah. I think that could that could help out in that. I mean, there needs to be, yeah, it happens everywhere, but these intent, you know, the intention of this is to hurt the other guy. You know, and when you're talking neck play, that's a little dangerous. Yeah, it's always dangerous. So, <laughs> yeah, so so make sure. Yeah, I mean, regardless of what type of martial art that you practice, but particularly if you're doing MMA, is make sure you're with a with a reputable group that you're working out mm-hmm. with, and not just some couple, bunch of muscle heads and some you know well, you know working out behind their house. Because again, this is a uh, if it's a you know if it's a serious problem enough just within this one industry, it's tough. If you're going to fight MMA, you have to train as though you're fighting in a ring, and so that's that's part of the risk that you take right off the bat. Mm-hmm. But make sure you're with a great house to do that with. That it, that should help eliminate injuries than just you and your buddy go. Well, hell, I got an MMA tape. Let's go practice this. Well, yeah, yeah, and we're with the interview we're going to have next week. We're not just going to talk about you know the injury side of it as far as the specific kind of incident. But uh, this guy apparently has, uh, appears to have a lot of really good insight on how the promoting game works, how the amateur stuff is regulated, you know, what people can watch out for to see if they're in some place that's really looking out for their safety or really isn't. Who the sponsors are. There have been some deaths where people, you know, apparently have just been allowed to fight too often after getting, you know, uh, getting knocked out cold for like two or three minutes, and then fighting again a month later. Right. Like in professional boxing, that wouldn't happen. Yeah, but you. But in professional boxing, you'll actually see that in the U.S. it is very, very tighter about they will stop a fight very early. Mm-hmm. But if you look in Mexico, particularly, they let fights go a lot further when we would should. let here in the United right. States. And if you get some of the stuff in, in South America, but you know, boxing is still big in Mexico. And they will let these contests go a lot further than they should have. That somebody's gotten a lot more damage done. Well, you got to realize the you know even in boxing or whatever we're talking professional sports. A lot of these cats are going in here for athletic training, but the dollar signs. What's ringing them in that little fifteen minutes of fame and you know big right. payouts. You got to realize you're playing with your life and someone else's at the same time. It's not just getting up and Britney Spears in it across stage. Yeah, so I mean, so again, that's what you have to decide. At what level am I making this commitment? Right. Mm-hmm. 
you know. So, and, or, or, so if, or, if I'm trying to do this as a professional, then I'm going to have to take a lot more risk. Oh, yeah. But if I'm doing this as a weekend and I'm just going in here and and whatever type training it is, and it's actually causing me a lot of injuries, I need to rethink what I'm doing. Yeah. And, and again, for groundwork, if, that if you were in just some type of uh, judo class or Aikido Jiu-Jitsu or, or uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, any mm-hmm. other type of class is going to give you a safer environment than just having to go bang it out in a typical yeah. MMA uh, they they produce him and they produce some very tough, talented people. Oh hell! Yeah. And it's a very different game. But you got you just got to be smart. You're talking about life here, and it's not always yours and your opponents. You know, right. if you if you're married and you got kids, you need to take this into consideration. Exactly. I mean, the insurance company sure as shit have. Right? Yeah. So <laughs> we'll we'll go into more depth right. about that next week. But uh, thanks for leading off of that, Craig. Sure. On other news, uh, Cape Town, South Africa, Gary Trapler. All right. He was uh, kind of nice world-renowned director of uh, the Muay Thai Against Drugs Foundation. Or, fe- uh, yeah, foundation. Um, you know, big, great organization. The helping kids. That's right. Helping <laughs> kids stay off the streets and stay off drugs, uh, breaking uh, addictions and all that through the art of Muay Thai. Um, Remember, kids, don't do drugs. <laughs> that's right. And and Gary would tell you himself, um, who has recently been arrested for possession of cocaine. Somehow I knew that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I, yeah. I live with a pharmacist, and I wake up every morning, and I can't get good drugs. What is wrong with that? Picture. Well, she tells me, my wife is the pharmacist, she tells me oh. drugs are bad for me. Drugs are bad, okay? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you what know, so that I just say, okay, song? they're bad for me and I won't take them. Well, you should just start calling her a pusher then. <laughs> a dealer. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. a dealer. That was what a callback to your what, favorite what, trilogy again. What does your wife do for a living? She's a dealer. She's a drug dealer, specifically. <laughs> She's drug pusher. Oh, I thought you meant <laughs> She'll push it right across the counter to you. The pusher man. Ooh, I'm your pusher, baby. Goddamn. The pusher man. That's right. Stephen Lavallee. Boy, Daxton callback. <laughs> in, in Florida, 55-year-old, five times named Man of the Year by International Marts, Martial Arts Association, led seminars, acted as a speaker and consultant for several martial arts organizations, owned several different uh, franchises of USA Black Belt Champion Schools, all this good stuff, um, operated you know, out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Anyway, um, investigators were poised to file a charge of simple battery recently, accusing him of improperly touching a man during a massage back in May of 2011. Uh, The guy, you know, he owned about eight training centers up in central New York, uh, you know, all kinds of different stuff. He's recently had a few uh, people who, since these charges have come out, uh, have mentioned that while they were teenage boys have been kind of touched wrongly and everything else. Evidently, there's more to the story because before the cops show up to question him, investigate further, they find him hung in his apartment. Boy, we're off to a cheery start with this news segment, aren't we? Hey, that hey, that's what you got to get with Marshall. So Martin. that was two separate people right there, right? The cocaine guy and the... Uh... I should hope so. Okay, I just wanted to make sure I was following the news is moving at a clip. So let's compare and contrast real quickly, Big Al. On the one side, you've got a guy who's just a flaming hypocrite. He's saying, kids, don't do drugs. 
And then he's, you know. But if you do, buy them from me. Yeah. <laughs> if you do, make sure you get only grade A quality mm. Peruvian marching powder. That's right. Uh, which I happen to have right here in my pocket. So, you know, if he if he's actually dealing break, this stuff, break. that's a legal issue. But, <laughs> you know, if it's just uh, somebody being a hypocrite and saying, don't do drugs, and then turning around and doing drugs, whoop-de-doo. Boy, you can find that every single day. And we're all hypocrites occasionally, right? That's pretty blatant. Are we? But you move on to the next story. I think there's a, a world of difference between those two. Yeah, I mean, and if, and if you go back to the standpoint, if you're running a school... You know, part of your whole marketing thing is, is, oh, yeah, you know, we teach self-discipline and control and blah, blah, blah. And kids that have more self-discipline and control are less likely to do drugs and what have you. And then here you have the guy that's promoting all this doing drugs. You know, I just think they ought to, you know, put him in a room with all the moms of those kids that are in there. <laughs> there you go. That problem would be solved in an instant. That's medieval. Not, right and I'm there. not talking yeah. about dads. Just take three or four of those mothers mm-hmm. and let them be in the room with him. And only the normal contents of their purses right. are allowed. Yeah. <laughs> Game over. Yeah. 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 I, I'm with you on that one, too. Um, now, the other side of this, you know, we had a rash of... You know, this improper it's conduct not. between, you know, students and teachers here in Atlanta where somebody would be, you know, they would mm-hmm. be teaching out of some church. Next thing you know, they, you know, they grab somebody inappropriately. Come on to Jesus. Come and on so, to Jesus. So, you know, there would be different <laughs> recreation centers. And this is something that, again, had actually about five years ago made it really hard. For, if you wanted to have a legitimate class in a church community... The church said, if you're not a member of our church, we're not interested in it. We're not having strangers come here anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, like so, that would like, stop them either. But the other side is is that um, but, but an average person that's walking in there come is just not going to be able to say, well, I can go out and start a class here and then we'll right. go somewhere. So right. they started screening more. Mm-hmm. But rec centers, too. I mean, if you hand somebody a resume and said you've been doing whatever you've been doing, I mean, I've been doing a ton of stuff for 49 years, but how do you prove any of that? Right. I mean, so, you know, they have to go, what? You know? you know. So you go, yeah, well, I can, you know, I can show you all this. I can, I can write the resume, but there's no way to prove that. And so anybody, we literally had, this was years ago, a guy in an apartment complex we lived at wore these black belts, started teaching all these, you know, you know, karate classes at the apartment complex. And he was completely bogus. No I mean, he was shit. buying his stuff. He bought his black belts everywhere. And then he said he was a lieutenant and a pilot in the Air Force up at Dobbins. Well, after they just about tried a year, to make that kind of lie they, came, they came for him. The FBI came and locked him up because he was making all that up too. So, you know, it's hard for us as, as legitimate teachers sometimes to. Um, well. The shortcut that we have to be community, we have to be involved in our community for what we do, so that people know that we have that yeah. reputation of that we, you know, yeah. that we're not doing things. And, and people in Atlanta know and, who we are and that we've been around. Right, and 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 again, in, in closing, my uh, Father Flanagan, who is the you know being the fine Irish Catholic lad that I am. There we go. And <laughs> this is go. this is gonna make Dave real happy. But <sighs> you know, the the problem was is the Father Flanagan who used to also box when he was a young kid in Ireland. And when he had caught a couple of priests acting inappropriate towards students, he beat inappropriate the, behavior. He, he beat the shit out of them. Right. 
And he said, well, I got busted. You know, they busted me down from, you know, I was an archbishop. And I got busted down to, you know, I'm back as a private running a parish because this is where I'm supposed to be anyway. Yeah, well, what does that say about the institution? If he does the right oh, thing, don't and even go there. Right. Down that's, for it. that's the whole thing. Yeah, but so, well, it ain't that, that kind and, of podcast. And, and that's a brand new podcast for a brand new segment. Yeah, it ain't that kind of podcast. Come to Jesus. All right, Greg. come to Jesus. You are not Jesus. I don't know a lot about All you, right, but I about, know that. How about this, Jesus? <laughs> Jesus, you could pass for. All right, Grow come mustache. to Jesus. Come to Jesus. All right, you better move along with the news. <laughs> Championship belts in Pembroke, Florida, unfortunately, were stolen. Uh-oh. This is, this is a trip. This, this, this kills me because um, I'm actually kind of a fan of, of this school on Facebook. Um, you know, they're, they're a small uh, kind of uh, MMA and, and, and other arts uh, down in Lee Acres, Florida school. Um, they call themselves the Pitts Pen Submission School. Um, they get down and dirty and, 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 and do their uh, grappling and striking and all this good stuff. So they walk in and, and, and they find that their 27-inch gray flat-screen TV and their, their DVD player is gone. And, and they're like, oh, crap, we've been broken into. And they start looking around and realize that their display case where they kept their championship belts was busted open. And the burglar stole the belts. You know, it's like. Insult you know, to injury. What's up with that? Costume jewelry or any. I mean, it's all about money. You you can you can have a car full of like paintbrushes and hammers, and nobody's going to steal them, even though they could build and paint a house with it. They don't want it. If you got power tools, they're going to take them, though. <laughs> you know, true. If, if they that's see like a any niche dollar thing. signs, that's extremely it. niche. You, you know? know, I think sometimes also people just steal crap because it's interesting. Right. Well, I, I broke into the car. Let Look me at that ninja it. sword, yeah. y'all. Yeah. Look at that ninja sword. Well, I've had my Nicked. house broken into and nothing stolen out of my house except my guns and my swords. That's and a the lot change, about your house, the jar of change I had. This was a long time ago. You know, it's like, okay, the change is money. The guns you can always sell. The swords, really? That's pretty niche. But they're like, oh, this is cool, man. That crack dealer, he, he'll, he'll let me off if I give him one of these. We could play ninja in the backyard with little Tommy and Billy. <laughs> he always wanted a big old sword. He go chop, 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 chop. I can see him cutting it up on the table right now. Hey, look, I love that bumper sticker. says, if they outlaw guns, can we carry swords? It's a great. Wake it up at a restaurant. personally, I'm already prepped. Well, I think about it. If we actually fought war instead of now, war is now being fought as a video game. Let's go back to swords and spears and shields. Oh, I'll sign up. And see how everybody likes fight war this way. Yeah. Then it gets grotesque when you have to deal with blood literally and physically on your hand. Yeah. Your belly, your hand in someone's belly. Yeah. No, that, no it's different. Yeah. Next. Next. <laughs> Move along. Are you done? Is that the new segment? Damn, man. Yeah. Next to you, too. Bring in the next one. <laughs> Shit. Chop, chop. All right. Moorhead City, North Carolina. Um, to bring back a little positive note to things, I think, I think this would be interesting to hear. Um. Students attending the Carteret Community College now have another scholarship for which they can apply. Master Dong's Martial Arts Academy is offering... Don't even go there. <laughs> Master <laughs> Dong? Although it's juvenile, but... Long Duck Dong! Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Is offering students a whopping 500... 500- 
$500 scholarship, that goes a long way in today's yeah, what, college money. <laughs> what, what, a month? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, for second-year students at the college. Um, now, you know, granted, some of this stuff, you know, he's got his uh, requirements. You've got to keep a 3.0 average and all that. Um, but i got to say, that's one of the first times I've ever heard of a martial arts school offering a college scholarship. We all talk about, oh, yeah, to help you improve your grades and everything else. You know, that bunch but of marketing bullshit. About it to yeah, help you improve your grades. Exactly. They're doing something there. And, and I, I, while we laughed at 500 bucks, hey, that's 500 less than you would have had to pay. So right. Yeah. It's in your pocket. Too. 500 more than I got right now. It, it might also be a good promotional tool for the school because if, if you, you know, are trying to teach with a lot of students from that university, then if they see there's a potential for them to get 500 bucks off and the classes are only 200 bucks, it might, and it might motivate them all to train harder and try to try to be the one that gets and, it. I don't know. And you know, think so about it. Could work out for everybody well. Poor little Susie didn't have money for college in a long duck Kong dong. <laughs> <laughs> In a long And one slightly uh, uh, just kind of neither here nor there story. <clears throat> I am personally waiting on this new video game coming out called Age of Wushu. Um, it's an MMORPG. I get off on those kind of things. Really fun. But uh, so it's it's this. New game that's coming out, if you know, uh, massively multiplayer role, online role-playing game, right? Uh, you, thank you for uh, explaining not that. Not a problem. Me. Yeah, I thought it'd be good. <laughs> I get into all these things, but but let me tell you some of the details that, that make this interesting. First Big Al's off, thumbs are too arthritic to play video games. I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> he can't even give a thumbs up or down, you know. Just Is that the palsy you got? Yeah, there, but my middle finger works. Oh, boy. There we go. <laughs> it works just fine. <laughs> Yep. I know. I was spinning. <laughs> Can you hear this, Craig? <laughs> yes, I hear it, it just fine. Right. I hear it just fine. Yeah. No, but listen, uh, the European uh, version is also called Age of Wushu. The American release uh, is actually called Age of Wushu. Take that step back. It's called Age of Wulin. Uh, and the original version of Wulin is uh, Martial Forest, which means... Uh, just kind of a community of... The, the underground martial arts community. Yeah. Yeah. The cool thing about this game, aside from, you know, gameplay, and there's a lot of shit I go into I'm not going to, but is simply this, historical accuracy. Um, it is actually based off of historically accurate maps in ancient China during the Qing Dynasty, I think it is, or Ming, one of those. And... They're using uh, Wu Da, you know, um, or Mo Duck for you Cantonese speakers, which is kind of like Budo and Japanese thing. Martial ethics, uh, like the Star Wars thing. You know, you do a bunch of bad stuff, then bad things happen to you. You do good stuff, good things happen to you. Uh, based what on goes these around rules. comes around. Exactly. Um, and they're having a lot of the real... Uh, at historically accurate tribal people of these times in different parts of China represented uh, as your non-playing characters, all this kind of stuff. There's actual dialects of these languages in the correct parts of those languages being heard and spoken throughout the game. A lot of different shit going on with it. Uh, I'll touch upon this more as time goes on, as the game release comes out. I've already signed up for a pre, uh, pre-ordered pre release. Uh, Jet Li, of course, is the official spokesperson for the game. 
A uh, lot of cool stuff coming <laughs> with it. I will touch more on it later. You know, Craig, uh, I think at some it. point we need to uh, <clears throat> break that off from the news because you like the Vigi games. Do I? Yeah, you seem to do. Yeah, yeah. I'm playing the Secret World right now. I fucking love it. Fighting zombies so, and all that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Zombies are always fun to kill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're guilt-free. And you can have as many as you want. Yeah, but it was little Sally Sue that Long Duck got dong on. They're like, they're like <laughs> she got dead now. She's chomping at the bit, and I'm having to hack her head. Okay, so you know, like I said, maybe we'll break that off into a, your own little periodic uh, martial arts video game That's segment. That's a good on the idea, show. actually. So All be right. looking out for that as we get some of that news piled up out there. All right, folks. Well, that's your news, and we're moving along to our uh, last little. Last little segment here, which uh, is something new. And we want to throw this out because we want this to be a listener participation thing. Obviously, our wells would run dry pretty quickly. And uh, as Big Al will attest, he's not afraid to repeat the stories if you'd like to hear them again. And neither are we, frankly. (laughs) But we want to hear people's, uh, we're going to call this little segment Swap and Paint. So what we want are stories where your gong fu or your, your martial arts training of any stripe has helped you out in real life. Or gotten you into a situation and then gotten you back out. Western, Eastern, MMA, any kind of martial arts anything. at all, and it doesn't. It doesn't have to necessarily be about fighting. It can be, you know, this weird thing happened and my training kicked in and I saved myself a, a terrible fall or something. That's fine. Of course, we like fight stories too. <laughs> yes, we do. Now let's let's keep these to things where nobody gets killed and or permanently maimed because we really don't want to go that dark with it, and there might be legal issues. But anything from the bar brawl down to the slip and fall, we'd love to hear about it. Did you just rhyme again? Also, yeah, I did. I, I'm rhyming and stealing right. over here. Right. Um, well, and and to, to, to let you know that the, the, the term swap and paint is a NASCAR term. Right. Oh. About two cars getting swap too close to each paint. other. And they're and it, guys taking him into the wall or going. And so the term is is that what NASCAR officials are doing, you guys are swapping too much paint. It usually becomes one driver and another driver has issues. Right. So, but we do this in martial arts, cause, and again, in uh, Xing Yi and the Baguan Tai Chi, and even in Shaolin, um, you know, we're a grabbing, ripping, tearing, pulling, breaking art, and we lay a hand on somebody. I was watching one of Dave's students. He had fingerprints all over him, <laughs> yeah. you know, where he'd been grabbing him. The bruises, and, I, and, yeah. and, and he and, and we looked at him, and, and it was a perfect, you could see the three fingerprints and the thumbprint where he grabbed his arm right about his <laughs> biceps and everything else. And Bennett goes, oh, it's Bagua. And I go, no, it was, oh, it was Dave. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, probably. So, you know. Well, I, you know, I learned it that way. And I, I will say this just as a quick uh, caveat. Uh, I won't do anything to a student that I won't let them do right back to there me. There you go. Because uh, you frankly, can pinch on Dave, well, and, too. Th- and, and the most part, Dave and I and, and Craig both is that we allow them to do most of the stuff on and us. We take it the, worse than them, a, as mm-hmm. they do it, or th- then we do to them, or we let them do to other students. So we give them a chance to come through and bang because we can. Well, and today, I th- well, yesterday, I thought I could pe- protect myself better, but I got chopped right in the teeth. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> You won't need those much longer anyway. No, that's again, you know, they're, they're going away. That's a new story. Guess, that's a story guess. I'm going to be using. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Chopped in the teeth again. So, yeah, the point is, just as in NASCAR, you swap paint. It's, it's, it's when the rubber meets the road, sometimes intentionally, sometimes not, but where you actually get real-life friction with your martial arts 
and it could be an in-class sparring thing that gets out of hand or or some jerk shows up and had to be put in his place. Uh, you know, you started a fight and uh, do anything. Just let's keep it from anything that might be illegal or just too damn grim. Because we get enough of that in the news and we don't want to hear how you crush somebody's larynx. And most people wouldn't tell that story if it actually happened to them anyway. So. Yeah, and, and definitely. So what we want you to do is send these to us. And you can do it uh, basically one way, but uh, kind of two ways. Uh, you can, you know, type it up and, and mail it to us at mailbag, M-A-I-L-B-A-G, at hiapodcast.com. Yeah. Um, and alternatively, if you have a microphone on your computer or something like that, you can record it, save it as an MP3, and just send it as an attachment to that same email address, and uh, we'll play it over the air. That's right, folks. You can hear yourself on the podcast, so send us your story. Now, before we beat this uh, horse to death here telling people what to do and what they can't do, let's give them a couple of examples. Yeah, all right. Why don't you start it, Davey? You want me to start it? I think so. Okay. I want to tell this story quick, but I'm going to go ahead and get this one off the table because this is the one that, like, some of my students hear about it from somebody else and they want to hear it or whatever. I think I've heard about it at yeah. least five times. Oh, yeah. I like well, this, this is a fun story because it was before I even started training Bagua, but it's the only time I ever got in a fight with eight guys and actually walked away all right. <laughs> oh, eight guys, Bagua? Yeah, really? Yeah, well, it was all Northern Shaolin ba- and, and Ishinru Karate that I knew at that time and Taekwondo. So, uh, you know, you can sit over there and be smug. I just mean eight guys, though the number. It was. It, it just everything is eight exactly with this guy. Everything's eight with this guy. Eight with this guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I wasn't by myself. I I had a buddy, but unfortunately, he was much more useful at instigating than he was at actually fighting any of them. We've all had those friends. He had a razor sharp tongue, and they deserved it. But here, I'll cut it down really quickly. I'd been out with a friend of mine, and this was when I was uh, in my early thirties, and. We were visiting. We both had people up in Washington, D.C., so we decided to go out clubbing in D.C., and we had some fun, man. We were we were Chief Ike's Mambo Room doing the lawnmower and the sprinkler <laughs> and stuff and, you know, doing shots of whiskey and tequila and, and, and dancing with the black girls. We were having a great time. And Dancing uh, with the black girls, the man said. Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, the, the if anybody lives in D.C., one, it's 80% black. Two, that particular club, after a certain hour – it goes pretty much all black folks in there dancing. And we hung out, and we were like the little pet white folks in there <laughs> doing our ridiculous. We were literally doing the lawnmower and the sprinkler, and they thought we were hilarious. And we had a fantastic time in there. And uh, so, yeah, there was nothing racist about that, people. It's just what it was. Yeah. And um, so uh, we left out of there that evening, and we were driving back into northern Virginia, and we decided, man, I'm hungry. Well, there's an all-night Mexican restaurant right here by the interstate, so let's let's pop in here. And we we, we knew trouble was coming, or at least I did. When we were at you the heard a- the doorbell. We were at the ATM across the street from the restaurant. And there's like two cars in the parking lot at the restaurant, and uh, a carload, two carloads full of guys go past, and they're screaming, "Faggots! Hey, what are y'all doing out there, cousin?" Ah! Just screeching at the top of their lungs at us. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Get get the money. Get in the car. Let's go eat. So we go up and we go into the restaurant. We sit down and it's us. And there's a girl and a guy at another table. And then it's just like the two guys that work there. You know, it's like three o'clock in the morning. And uh, so we sit down. We order our food. And then what do we see? But those two cars pull up in the parking lot. We're like, uh-oh. And they pile out. And it turns out it's four guys in each car. And it was a bachelor party for douchebag number one. So they come in there and they start taking the place over. They push two tables together and douchebag gets up at the head of the table and he's like, 
hey, Paco, get some goddamn chips out here, you know. And actually, I'm making them sound more redneck than they were. They were more like frat boy douchebags. But they were obviously hopped up, drunk, and just in fresh from the strip club. I like the redneck bit more, though. Yeah, that's, that's the deep. only good impression I do. So, <laughs> and, that's, hey, and, folks, some... and folks, that's really not an impression. You no, know, <laughs> it just comes out of me. So, and I'm going to keep this Paco. story as short as possible. They they make royal jerks out of themselves, and they start messing with that girl because she's over there uh, just sitting with one guy, and there's eight of them. I think they basically they just walked in. There's eight of us. There's only four other people in the restaurant plus the the guy in the kitchen and the waiter. We own this joint, right? And we're just going to yeah. treat them any way we damn well please. And that really got to me, and I was also still drunk because <laughs> I was trying to eat my burrito, but they were putting me off of it. <laughs> And uh, in the end, I stood up and I looked at the guy who was obviously the bachelor. And I said, look, I'm sick of hearing you run your mouth. And he had had he, he was quipping back and forth with the guy at my table and was getting burned at every corner. But he didn't. He was too dumb to know it. So they just kept doing it. And I said, right. look, I'm sick and tired of this. I'm trying to eat a burrito over here. Either do something or shut your fucking pie hole. And, of course, that got him out of his chair. He comes over and I stood up by the table and he shoved me with both hands, and I leaned back across the table. I remember it, everything slows down to crash speed, and this is the first and last thing, more or less, that I remember about the fight itself. I got the rest of it from the guy I was with. But as I'm coming back up like a zombie rising from the grave from his push, <laughs> I'm like, am I going to hit him in the throat or in the face? And I popped up, and I said, ah, the face. So my hand shot out, and somehow I grabbed his entire mouth in my hand, I just grabbed him. I didn't hit him. I grabbed his face, and I could feel his lips squished up in my hand, and I had him just latched onto him, and his eyes got as big as saucers at that point. And I just started stiff-arming him around the restaurant, knocking tables over and hitting him into the wall and stuff. Now, I don't remember this, but my friend, before he got drug off by a couple of dudes, pointed out, it's like, oh, no, you were hitting and kicking those guys and knocking them down and stuff, and just all the while pushing that other guy around with your arm. Structure. They had structure. There you go. Well, you know, we've touched on this before. You get into that kind of thing, you don't remember what the hell you did. I remember it ending when, uh, and, you know, and plus I had a hold of their their buddy's face, so they couldn't be too violent, like they couldn't stand on him and pull on me to get us apart. Right. Face crap. So they finally pushed me out the fire door on the side and went to slam my arm in the door. And I let go of him at that point and went running back in through the door. And my buddy was already, they had chased him back into the kitchen and were, were whooping on him a little bit. But literally not two more punches were thrown and the police pull up outside. So I think it happened so fast that I think the guys that were working at the restaurant knew it was going to be trouble as soon as they started acting up. And they just went ahead and called the police. Yeah. Good thinking. And so all these guys see the cops coming. They all run off into the woods, you know, but they leave their two cars sitting there. Yeah, there you go. So, you know, the driver, one of the cars, and this was the big overweight guy, too, so he couldn't run. <laughs> He's standing there, and he tries to blame the whole thing on us. Those two guys were beating us up. Oh, yeah, we were beating your eight buddies up. <laughs> we picked a fight with you and your eight drunk stripper club buddies. And the little... The little uh, Mexican guy came out of the bag. He said, no, they did not start that fight. It was these other guys. <laughs> no, no, no. That's Paco. Paco yeah. will come to save you when you least yeah, expect he, he it, Yeah, he bailed brother. us out. I think it was pretty obvious anyway. And the cop was like, you know, do you want... Hey, Hello. Somebody's hey. here. Um, he said, uh, do you want to press charges against these guys? And we looked at each other, and he had, he had a bruise, and I had a fingernail divot on one arm. But other than that, we were completely unhurt by this 
you know, chair and table flip and brawl with eight guys. These guys were not killers. Like, if I'd picked that fight with eight bikers, I'd have been in the dumpster in about five seconds. Yeah, we, w- we guys- wouldn't be having this conversation. Exactly. <laughs> but these guys were all pumped up frat boy types that thought they could just push people yeah. around and not have to back it up. And I just wasn't going to stand for it. Sure. Now, let me just say at the end of here, caveat once more. I don't recommend people do that, and I don't even do that myself very often, but that was just a perfect combination of be, being in the right sour post-party mood and them just trying to ruin it. And I'm like, I'm just not going to – I don't care if they do beat me to death. I'm not going to stand for it. Luckily, they didn't. And Hey, and they messed with his burrito. I mean, he wouldn't let him eat his burrito. And it was a damn good burrito. There. There you go. Enjoy your burrito. That's I, a callback to another show. You'll have that's to right. That up. Make me want to hit you. Paco and the burrito. Uh-huh. All right. Uh-huh. Well, look, we're we're running up on time, and I, I just heard my kid come back into the house. But I want Big Al. I want you to toss something in here so we can at least get an example. And Craig, we'll bring one out from you maybe in an upcoming segment. Um, and Craig told a fight story last week anyway, so you can go right. back and listen to that one. But folks, we want to hear yours. We want to hear your stories. We don't want to just. We're not going to do these if it's just us talking about them. Yeah, so, yeah. bring it and, in. And it's I got a community. Two, I got two very quick ones. And sure, the, sure. And the first very quick one there was a guy named Glenn Morrell who actually got me started training with Alan Pittman. And, and Glenn's a great guy, I Vietnam know Glenn. vet, Love him. Yep. lives in South Georgia, all the earth, great guy. And um, when he was training, and this is our first year of doing this, he was cutting a tree in his backyard, and the, it's a dead tree. And he was trying to cut the tree down, and it topped on him. Top broke and came straight down to oh, him. Shit. And he went straight up and did splitting. <laughs> the tree hit his arm and went off to the side and didn't hit him. It broke his wrist. Right. But, but it, it didn't break, didn't break his, head. his head. Which Glenn said, would have, would have, if it oh, didn't yeah, kill him, killed. it would have done a, a lot of damage. Paralyzed but what he or did, All he did was rise drill right into the tree. Nice. And it deflected off to the side. Awesome. So that is exactly what we the way we're talking about earlier in this whole bu- thing about the template and the function of the template. Yep. Well, and training well enough for, so that becomes a reaction exactly. too. That's beautiful. And that's yeah. all he did was he that heard it. Kung Fu he right heard it there, crack, yeah. and as soon as he looked up and saw it, he said, "Yeah, I had just enough time to stick my hands up in the do rise drill." Then mm-hmm. so it deflected and went over to the side. I love that story. Now my story is the one about I had a I had a Wing Chun student, and for all you Wing Chun guys out there, I have nothing but respect for Wing Chun, or let's say good Wing Chun, or any mm-hmm. Wing Chun that's taught properly. But this guy showed up with, and I know this guy's teacher, and his teacher is far better than this student. Um, showed, but he shows up, and uh, every time he would do something. He would do something, and he would just block it for a second, and I'd block, and I'd hit him in his ribcage. And these are taps. For me, I'm not hitting anybody in the ribcage. I'm just actually reaching up there and tapping. Yeah, right. and then, but it's actually getting to be a little annoying for him, and he's, he's arguing with me that Shingy doesn't work, and, and I keep hitting him there, and I keep going. Oh, it so, worked that time. So he's you know, so not he, working. So the, and my whole point is, this is the first guy, time. Oh, my mic's attacking me here. You got your elbow on the cord. Got my elbow <laughs> You're all tangled up. And I'm We're going to have to roll all, Big Al around all on the floor. All tangled up in blue. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, it. Uh, so he showed that the first time in the class, his teacher actually sent him. I had actually gone to done a couple of things with him. He shows up, and he shows up with his attitude. Uh. Well, I have a real simple thing. You show up an attitude in my class, I just go, you got two ways to do it. You can leave, or you can leave with a greater attitude. 
Because I promise you, I can make your attitude much worse. <laughs> and that, and so every time he would just re try to redirect my punch, I was just actually moving and kicking. And then he finally, well, I was punching up under his arm. And when he finally figured out to block that, I would kick him in the shin. Mm-hmm. So he blocks two punches, and I kick him in the shin. Blocks two punches, kick him in the shin. Now, he didn't step when he threw his punches. Now, his teacher and good Wing Chun guy step, just like we step in Ching Yi and Bagua and Shaolin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, if you got you one know, foot in the He stood the floor, right there in the middle and never moved. You at least hop around. And so, it was funny. So, I, so he, got, he, he actually wanted to take it up a notch. And so, when he did, I actually came through and stepped right through his body and hit him with an elbow right in the chest and just step, made him step back. Right. And so, he's looking there and he gets all mad and he's sitting there, you know, and he goes, Shingy doesn't work. It's an inferior art. Is walking away, and I go, "How's your ribs? How's that? How's that shin feel?" Yeah, you know. So, you know and so uh, again, in this idea of swapping paint, um, I was amazed again, particularly from his teacher, who is a very good teacher, a very good Wing Chun guy, that all of a sudden one of his students came up and was just a total jerk. Yeah, and I don't know if he came with an agenda or not. Yeah, if he was sent with but an I agenda, can tell you, but I can tell a... you what. Like I said, he came with an attitude. He left with the worst one. Dude, <laughs> I can't stand that kind of crap. When you sit there and still run your mouth even after you just got your butt whooped a little bit, yeah. dude, you need a slap in the face or a drop kick to the throat or something. What, no, I mean, what's it going to take? You let him walk yeah, away. Then you yeah. don't, I don't need you in my class. Don't come back. I'm he not knows saying the, that. He I'm knows just deep saying down I mean, inside. That's yeah, just I mean, pitiful. Uh, yeah, well, that makes and, you a worse person. And we, of a person and we when will you do make stuff shit. up in our head to justify our own beliefs. So yeah, we're good rationalizers. Oh man, we will make crap up. Well, are you trying to say I'm not the best in the world? Is that what you're saying here? No, 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 okay, no, okay, no, okay. no, no, no. We wouldn't say that. I'm saying you're the best <laughs> in the universe. Oh, all right. Well, folks, we're about to wrap this one up. I think you might be able to hear my son is back in the background <laughs> there. He's cute, and he mommy's is. mommy's watching him for us. Mommy's cute too, and uh, we don't want to end on a note that cute though. I will say this though, you know, your guy walked away. He knew deep in his heart that that he'd been taught a lesson, and I hope that the guy, the bachelor at that restaurant, when he was posing for his wedding photographs the next day and had a purple handprint across his mouth. Oh, he learned a lesson for a long time. <laughs> I hope that's still on his wall in the wedding picture Yeah, but that's somewhere. not the way it went down at the reception. He's telling everybody how he kicked your ass oh, at the reception. Yeah. You, you should have seen is. the other guy. You, yeah, you uh, should have seen. I kicked that motherfucker's ass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he had a handprint on, on his forehead and yeah. on his nuts. And uh, Man, I beat, I gave I him beat five the five-finger death punch. I beat the hell out of him. That's right. Whooped the tar at him. Well, all, all right. right. We need to go convalesce in the champagne lounge, I guess, after that uh, that vigorous session swapping paint there. Um, and send uh, in I your stories, folks. Send them in. Uh, you've already been told that. And we would love to get those MP3s. We might even look into doing a voicemail line where you can just leave it on a voicemail message for us. Uh, so that that'll probably go up in the near future. But just make a little MP3 if you got a camera on your computer. I mean, a, a recorder. A, a oh, microphone. And, and remember, donations are accepted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For now, you'll just have to write us a check. Make it out to Dave G. Period Jones. <laughs> Dave I'll take Cooper? a lovely back scratching. Yeah, or back scratchings are acceptable. Yeah. And uh, just uh, remember, stay in touch. We got the Facebook presence and all that. And uh, we're not going to belabor the point. I think you guys are starting to get the idea. So. Oh, and by the way, if you haven't been looking at the show notes for this show, I encourage you to go do so because there's always a lot of bonus content and videos oh, yeah. you can watch of what we talk about on there. So uh, 
make sure you give Craig his due because he's the one in charge of putting <laughs> those show notes together. They're always Indeed. really nice and lots of fun to poke around in. Indeed. They're quite lengthy. And uh, we'll look forward to it. We've got a good interview coming up next week. So for this week, we're going to leave you with a big round of... Yeah, but I'll open all mine. Let's get started. Move around, around like fucking karate. Oh shit, my workplace nasty. Oh shit, don't put it past me. Move, tip, shit out the way. Nah, never that. I'm here to stay. Flow lazy, pick the pace up when I feel less hazy. J Lo's got a body where you can't see mine 'cause I wear my trousers baggy. Anyway, If you're popping pills, then trust you know with it Cause I got the skills and I'm over the limit This shit live it's like pills every second, every minute Ding dong, special delivery Like it's minute in the game, can't get rid of me Give me just a minute and I'll be in the vicinity My words hurt you just like losing virginity